Hello, everyone. This is Jake with a quick footnote. Is this a footnote when you do it up front? Asterisk preface? I don't know. Um, but I wanted to make a statement after I've recorded this episode that I'm going to tack here up front about a couple stories I'm going to tell on this here podcast today. They're pretty dark. This is no longer a gothic podcast because you can't be goth when life is actually a nightmare or something. I don't know. Um, how about that? Huh? How about that? So, first story I'm going to tell is about working in the fireworks industry. It's real, but, you know, it happened fucking, I, I don't know, almost 20 years ago. So, uh... <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt. There's some details in there that I'm kind of, now that I'm thinking about, I'm like, eh, this turned into a tall tale, maybe over beers over the years. I don't know. Uh, still, most of it's true, I think. It might all be true. I don't really remember now. Uh, but it's beside the point that I'm making that story. That's not very important. Second thing, though, the second story I'm going to tell is about something I witnessed on Twitter and sort of looked into a little bit and I've been thinking about. And... Uh, I want to frame this as honestly as possible, which is that I don't know whether um, the entire story is being told in terms of what happened at this house in Milwaukee that I'm going to talk about. Uh, I do not want to inadvertently promote you know, an entirely bunk story or something like that. At the same time... I have enough reason to believe that this is at least worth telling people about so that you can jump off from here and look into it on your own because um, something definitely happened at this house in Milwaukee and it appears that the reason that the story may be uh, not being told or at least, uh, what's the word? It's being... Um, uh, buried or whatever is that the police appear to be somewhat complicit in what's happening inside this house. And I say that because there is some journalism around this, but there's not much and it's making me wonder why, um, without giving away the story, I guess, <laughs> not that it's a fucking, you know, a story with, you know, entertainment value to it or whatever. Um, I've linked as much information as I can in the show notes so that you can look into it for yourself. But uh, there's straight up video of some things that happened at this house in Milwaukee that lead me to believe that a lot of details have been left out of the official police reports for, uh, you know, fairly obvious reasons, given everything that's going on right now. I don't know. Listen to the podcast. Make your own assessment. Okay. Enjoy the show. Lock them into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Bible for killing innocent people. 
<laughs> and it doesn't continue. Uh, Do you have like a wide hole? I thought maybe there is a stricture, is what the doctor said maybe but he, even the doctor was like very reluctant to do it he's like you you're 20 <laughs> years old you really don't need to do something i want to i want to be absolutely sure because i pee so much even when i'm right. not drinking kratom well that wouldn't be related to the urethra yeah well you maybe just, if there's not a, tight enough to hold in all the pee because that's that's the point you're saying that, like your blast andrews you're saying like your blast is more powerful medically no, the blast comes, you know, it ebbs and flows. Some, it's really, yeah, it's it's normal. It'll be weak sometimes, which is always frustrating. I feel like, though, well, maybe this is related because the fuller the bladder gets for me, I feel like the the weaker the the blast because it's just like we got so much. Let's take it little by little. That you know? should be its own test. Yeah. That should be a different test you should get. That no. was a preliminary test, actually. Because I, it was just like, okay, drink a shitload of water. And so I drank some water. I was like, all right, ready to do it. And he's like, no, no, no. You have to have, your bladder needs to be like pulsing before you come back. And so <laughs> then I waited a bit. I want to feel a kick. Wait, okay. <laughs> and just to catch everyone up, we are recording. This is the, this is when you were 20 having health insurance for the first time. This is the first thing you did was go to a doctor and just go like, all right, we're going to fill up my bladder as full as possible and then test my dick hole for- yeah because i urinate too much it's just it, it's an inconvenience how for much my is too much i guess is that is the question uh at least Does, do you ever overflow the bowl well uh no i mean the 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 sessions themselves are normal but the amount of them is right. too much yeah they come at a cost yeah sure um, but yeah, my, I, this was, I was thinking about developing this into a stand up bit, but stand up's over now. So I guess I can tell you, right. but yes, yeah, so when I was 20, my mom got good in, insurance and, you know, they always say, oh, we can't have universal health care or people will use that to just do, you know, X, right. Y, and Z, get the, their gallbladder turned into a Frisbee and put back in or something. And, and there's nothing th- funny about that. No. Uh, but I am actually an argument for the the right wing. You could use me, I guess. I would right. hate to do it. I won't sell out. You're a boomer uh, meme. Yeah, yeah, you're like a welfare queen, but for getting your piss tested. Yes, essentially. <laughs> so I wanted. I just wanted to make sure there was nothing yeah. going on down there that was like making me do this, like a stricture in my urethra that might cause more flow or something. And so I that go to the place make- and. I, any sense it would be like your know. kidneys or something it's, it would be you in know. your bladder your bladder would be too big is that the problem no not that's big a enough. good point maybe i should get a something stuck go, in my bladder go back and get tested again especially yeah. during the pandemic when people really need the hospital <laughs> go out of my way i just like knock over people in line it's on the russian government don't worry <laughs> All right. We have to find out why I piss so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Welcome to the show. New theme song. Welcome to Poddam America. Uh, locked into we'll prisons and whatever the fuck Jeremiah Wright yells. Nah, nah, nah. God damn America. God bless you, man. Okay. 
<laughs> All right. New gear trick. We can do that now sometimes. That's pretty cool. We can play only that song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I spent my Trump bucks on. Specifically the one button that does that. Just at all times, whenever I what want. What was that? Was that is, is that from a, a video game? That's what it sounds like. This is from... I went on YouTube and just looked up anime music. And this is my top 10 most kawaii songs. That's number 10. Yeah, I wonder what number one is. Let's skip ahead a little Starting bit. Starting it off. I mean, that's, it's going to be hard to beat that one. That's pretty kawaii. How about this? Whoa. Wow. That one was a little bit more subdued but intense. That was like Kingdom Hearts music. Are we <laughs> well, ever... I think on behalf of at least some of our listeners, I must ask, Ko, what is kawaii? <laughs> Oh. It's, it's like a cute. It means cute in Japanese. Oh, now it all comes together. That makes sense. Yeah. Right? Things have it's not. Also the song that plays when you take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, things have not been very kawaii as of late in America, <laughs> though. I don't think. Hi, everyone. I'm Jake Flores. Anders Lee's here. Anders P here. It's <laughs> that one coming. Nice. Alex Batak is here. Hey everybody, I'm Alex. I'm Jake and Anders' friend. Thank you. Cool. Um, this is Alex Batak music. Just imagine. Oh, this is good as hell. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Is that true? Okay. Yeah, Maybe pretty this good is music, an, huh? Is this going to be a new contender for uh, Alex's sitcom, Pedophile High School, the theme song for that? I made a theme song for Pedophile I, High School. I know, school. but this, yeah, you might have to, you know, synthesize. Steal another this. anime's music? I like it. Yeah, like we do. Yeah. You know what? I honestly, biz, I do regret making my own theme song because if you were slightly curious in the radio show portion of it and then you turned it on and then just heard a very badly done theme song, you might not make it to the show. And I've been haunted about that every day since I put it out. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's ambitious. I respect it. Yeah. Do you guys have like demons? Demons. Demons in my head. Yeah. What do yeah, you mean? Like things that haunt in my you, bladder. keep you up late at night. Oh, my God. I have nothing but demons. My whole life Gosh. is demons. Are you kidding Gosh. me? Things, yeah, things that I like. Cringe moments from ten years ago that will just like flash into my brain and subsume me when I'm trying to fall asleep. Yeah, right. Yeah. When the doctor gave you back your piss chart, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's always. <laughs> you didn't see that. <laughs> it's always stuff like that, though. It's never like in a, a traumatic genuinely traumatic thing it's always like i made an awkward comment to you know my sister's friend when i was 18 or something like that mm -hmm. that's my biggest fear honestly is uh being on my deathbed and not being able to like have a broad like look back over my life and just like be focused on you know some really like uh, the time when i was another time i was 18 i asked a a adult to buy me liquor and it was very awkward he said <laughs> no like that's gonna be what i'm thinking about on my deathbed you know i'm glad we're doing greatest fears i don't know how it took so long to get here mine is spiders <laughs> that's it, spiders i can tell because every know? time i have to pee when i'm asleep that's what my brain imagines but the 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 
demon thing you're talking about is like not greatest fears. It's like greatest regrets. Like, oh, God, I can't believe I said like this thing at this moment. Right. Yeah. Yes, that's true. I, I was hoping maybe that we had talked about it enough to also do greatest fears. But you're right. Demons are different. Well, I, well, I, I wanted to share my because I have like a bunch of those were just like, oh, I said something really awkward. I was making fun of a guy one time in Austin about like another comedian that I thought he looked like and how much I hated that guy. But then I realized it was the guy <laughs> and not the yeah, doppelganger. I love those. It was pretty bad. After, after you do two or three of those like shit talking something and then the person ends up being right there, you just have to embrace it. Like yeah. there's no even like you say, I'm sorry, but they know you're not because they just heard you a minute ago. <laughs> yeah. I also have a couple. Um, this is like kind of dumb. Like, uh, you know, this is young guy shit or whatever. But there's just a couple moments in my life where I've been like on the road or something and like staying at some place and then like a young woman who was hanging out all night is like, you can come sleep in my room if you want. And I'm like, no, nah, it's all right. I like the couch. And then I just think about it forever for the rest right. of my life. I'm like, yep. what the fuck was I doing? Yeah. You just love couches. I, the problem is I love couches. That's your Shakespearean flaw. That's it's yeah. the, the, the start of your downfall. This is the, be the best foot in your mouth uh, situation I've ever witnessed. It was before an open mic at two, Two Moon Cafe in, I believe, 2013, and they used to hang art installations on the walls. And so you'd wait around to start, and you'd sign up, and people would, like, go look That's at the art. That's where we met at Two yeah. Moon. Yeah. I met Sorry. Andrews there. Oh, wow. We met under the mistletoe. Um, <laughs> so th they had uh, this particular week, and sometimes this is, this is a common thing at open mics in New York where someone will try to decorate with art, but they'll put up, like, graphic upsetting art that does not match a comedy show <laughs> so <laughs> you're hanging around and there were there was abstract art of uh i think it was a baby it was like a black and white uh paintings of a baby and i was with another comic and he just like was like we were the only ones there and he's just like what is this look how contrived this is like what what would you have to be thinking to go and put this in public for everyone to see and then there's one other woman in the restaurant with us she's a foot behind us and she's like these are from my abortion oh my god oh no <laughs> no and then he had to be like no but i didn't and she was like you did and he was like well i mean if you just think it's a baby it kind of sucks or you gotta go the other way with it <laughs> yeah there's no way man you just gotta <laughs> i just left i just went somewhere else <laughs> That's mortifying. <laughs> Comedy is sets you up for the worst ones, though, too. Because if yeah, I this get a little morbid here. But when our friend Raghav passed away, uh, the night that night Hold I on. was on my way home and stopped at a cafe that happened to be having an open mic, and I just like inst without even thinking, just instinctually signed up, mm -hmm. uh, which wound up being a big mistake because I like couldn't like verbalize like i couldn't say anything it's also Death like and open mic comedy is a is a tense combination yes yeah. and but after i got i like forced through one joke and then sat down and the next guy just decided to roast me he's <laughs> <laughs> like this is your first time doing stick he talked like cartman <laughs> if you're in new york comedy you'll know who i'm talking about he's like is this your first time doing stand-up and I just like couldn't I didn't have I couldn't give it back to him because I was, you know, in a bad state Hartman of mind from South Park followed you at New York <laughs> open mic. 
Yes, a guy who talks <laughs> just like him. tore you to pieces? Yes. That's so unnerving. <laughs> well, hey, we miss you, Raghav. Hold yeah, on. man. He would have we enjoyed it. We couldn't play those songs for you, but now we can play songs. Man. Man. The fucking load. It took a second to load, and it ruined my timing. <laughs> I was going to pay tribute to our friend Raghav with some kawaii music. This is for you, man. <laughs> 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 He'd like this one because it's kind of deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? The first thing, I, there's a like, this is crazy. This has been the one of the longest weeks of, uh, you know, of, of history or something. I don't know. I keep thinking about this and I feel like it's like a two on the nose Twitter communist like bumper sticker. But you know that Lenin quote where he says there's a, like decades where nothing happens and then or weeks, weeks where happen. decades happen. Like we're in the week where decades happen part of history right now. Yeah. So it's hard to do a weekly podcast where you're like, oh my God, that Crystalia thing happened like a week ago. It feels like, you know, so much shit has happened since then. But Because that should, was last decade. Yeah. We should t- think about taking a step back and just doing a podcast every decade. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Like Boyhood or something like that movie where we age. But <laughs> it's a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just we, like a riff that takes three years. Or a podcast. Look at how young Ethan Hawke was for this episode of our podcast. Clothes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. were so different back then. I want to talk about the fireworks thing. I have fireworks brain kind of. I mean, I went full circle with it, but. That is one of the many things that just happened recently, and it's happening everywhere. So I'm sure if you're listening, apparently everywhere there are just fireworks going off nonstop, like every day. And there are theories about it that I at first kind of dismissed as like tinfoil hat uh, paranoia. Then I got really into, and then I came back around to, I think I have a... reasonable explanation for why there are fireworks being lit off everywhere but let's go through the whole adventure um first of all andrews is this happening in dc too a little bit not on the same scale that i'm hearing it is in in new york um but there's a little firecrackers here and there at night but nothing nothing like what i'm seeing i when i tweeted about it i just said hey is this happening everywhere else and like a lot of people in different places mostly major cities i think but we're going like you know it's 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 a lot i know it's happening a lot in la and stuff and uh actually i think non-major cities too like it's just kind of everywhere um oh i say that and then a firework just went off no shit right yeah so it's like pretty ubiquitous kind of weird i honestly think it's pretty cool like depending on what's going on um it seems like the streets of new york have turned into like sort of a new orleans type experience everyone's drinking on the street you know the cops are kind of staying back there's fireworks going off everywhere it feels kind of like we won a little bit here um but there are theories that it's like um you know, like a COINTELPRO tactic or whatever to keep everyone from getting a good night's sleep to um, Mm. sort of just make it seem like, you know, the streets are more unruly than they are to frame people. I'm a little weary about it because so there's this police scanner account on Twitter that shares like 
videos, you know, like a police scanner of just here's what's going on in the in the neighborhood or whatever. It's real popular among cops. I actually found it because the cannibal cop, who's an ex-cop but still like tweets pro-cop stuff, was retweeting it. And before all this conspiracy stuff started, there was this video that they shared of uh, some people like, you know, it looked like they were lighting off some sort of weapons at each other, maybe flares or something like that. And it said, hey, de Blasio, this is your New York. This is uh, this looks more like the Middle East, you know. Right. And then I looked close Own. closely at the video and realized it was a bunch of kids lighting off uh, Roman candles at each other, which are like fairly common, cheap fireworks that if you're from a place where fireworks are very common, you've had a, fire, a Roman candle fight with your friends. It's common among 12-year-olds. It's like fun. It, they, they don't, they burn out when they shoot at people and you can hold them in your hand really easily. It's a little dangerous, but it's like fucking fine. You know, everyone, it's very common. And um, something deceptive was happening with that police scanner account, you know? So I don't know. I started to get a little like, where's the origin here? Are the police just using the fact that this is happening to try to create a narrative? I don't really know, you know, and I'm not 100% set on it, but I, I, before I tell my tale here and make my case, I'm just curious, what do you guys think? I mean, I don't think it's unreasonable to wonder if the NYPD and the other departments who've caught on to this have, you know, are at a time where like they feel like they're not being appreciated and they're trying to think of things like, oh, what do we actually need cops for? And they have like a, you know, a legal noise pad complaints. Right, right. They have they, <laughs> they ran out. They like couldn't really come up with anything except fireworks. Right. That one and, video of that ninety-five-year-old woman getting knockout games. Right. Can we make that happen more? <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's what that was. Maybe they paid that guy to do that. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I there's no. I don't have any evidence of that. So, you know, I, I don't know what's happening, but that would not surprise me in the slightest. So I am going to argue that this is not a COINTELPRO initiated uh, tactic because, A, it seems like it is working well, which is not like their, their calling card. Uh, and then, yeah. B, uh, it's, there's just, like, too much of it going on. So maybe there's, like a few pockets of like resentful cops being like, yeah. And then I light a firework cause no one respects me. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't think that there, I think this is a genuine uh, fireworks love movement, which is only too bad because of uh, the stress disorders. It's giving local cats. Yeah, it is really, how, how do I sign? I feel like I just fixed my microphone problem. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, Shoot a fuck. firework. There it is again. Fuck. Okay. Oh, um, well, okay. I think I, I think I think I know what's going on. Let me tell you a story. Okay, first job I ever had was a fireworks, like tin can trailer thing on the side of the road, right? And uh, I used to I used to talk about this in stand up a lot because it was a weird story. But um, I learned a lot that summer. Okay, you know, I wanted to buy a PS two. I saw you could make money on these fucking tin cans on the side of the road. I go out, I get a job at one, and I got a job at one via a friend of mine. So I had this friend who was, like, very shady. Like, he, we were in high school, and he knew yeah. people in the woods, you know. Talk he, about he, a firework, this guy. I mean, come on. 
<laughs> my friend Kenny, just like, I don't know, man. He always had, he, he was the guy who like, he got the drugs from someone in the world of drugs. And then, you know, they permeated through a teenager's social circle. He made ether one time. This guy's just a wild fucking breaking bad hillbilly guy. Right. And so, um, he asked me if I wanted a job at one of those fireworks stands, and I was like, yeah. And he was like, um, you know, he introduced me to the guy, this guy Richard, that ran the stand. I uh, came and worked for him. He was crazy. Richard was like this guy who believed that the lottery was speaking to him. He was trying to win the lottery, and he would explain to you, like, oh, no, no, no. Like, you, you can't just win the lottery on your first try. Uh, what happens is it has to do with the order that you fill out the bubbles. They can tell what order you fill out the bubbles in. And, mm. you know, if you fill them out one and then two and then three and then four, like top to bottom, they just immediately throw your ticket out. They're like, that person's, uh, you know, waste or whatever. Or they don't, yeah. they don't reward Not your... Not creative enough. So his whole... Do it again. His weird, like, paranoid delusion was that he was trying to figure out the order in which you fill out the bubbles. And then, like, the when they give you the numbers and they release what the numbers were they're like kind of winking at you and telling you whether you you know you you advance to the next level or whatever this is like you know pre-QAnon QAnon thinking or whatever um crazy person right and <laughs> so you know he'd sit in the side of the road sell these things and you can only sell them outside of city limits so it was like right on the edge of city limits and you can only sell them like in the week or two surrounding Fourth of July or New Year's Eve legally. That's it. Different. It's different from state to state. Some states have like the big fucking store, you know, that's like open seasonally, like a uh, like a Halloween store. Um, some states can't get them at all. You have to go out of state to get them, right? New but, Hampshire and New England is the one that just they they'll have like a warehouse over on the state borders <laughs> that are just like you can blow a child up from a mile away with this one, bring it to Connecticut. So you would also sleep in the stand, like if you were just working long shifts and you just didn't want to go home and get back yeah. in. Also, I mean, it was great courage because you have to like kind of defend the stand, right? And they'd say like, you know, don't worry, nothing's gonna happen, but we need someone in there just in case. You can't just leave it here; somebody right. rob the place. Right. You keep like a big Roman candle under your pillow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just throw you a bunch a of black hats. that shoots fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody comes banging on the door one night while I'm sleeping in there, right? And I'm like, holy shit, we're getting robbed. And so I'm immediately like, yo, you can have the money in the cash register. I don't give a shit. I'm not dying for this fireworks stand, right? And uh-huh. fucking door opens, and it's this shadowy figure with a gun, the fucking shotgun. Oh, no. Or a, yeah, like a shotgun. And I'm like, you can have the money. I don't give a fuck. Like, just don't kill me. And then I realized it's my friend Kenny who got me the job, right? What and the fuck? Yeah, this is one of the craziest things that's ever happened to me. Um, <laughs> so, and like, there are details of this that sound crazy. And it's so far, I was a teenager. So this is so far back. Like, I'm like, man, some of this is maybe turning into a tall tale or whatever. Don't fucking, I don't know. But like, right. this is how crazy this was. And I talked to Kenny, and he's like, oh, haha!" Ha. Like he's just la- We just laughed about it. He's like, I work. I'm gonna, I, th- this is a rubber shotgun. It's a stuntman shotgun. Like, uh, I just right. work for one of the other. There's, like, different families that do this. And he's like, yeah, you know, we're just we're supposed to intimidate you guys. That's all. 
And then he's what? like, oh, I'll leave you alone. You know? And I was like, yeah, okay. Like, he has got- a job Jesus. intimidating fireworks salesman? There's like the Hatfields and McCoys own like rival fireworks stands? Yes. There's all these okay. different families that run this shit, right? <laughs> and so then we just hung out. We got drunk. And um, I fucking... What the fuck? Yeah. I came into work one morning, and there's a slug in the side of the building, like a fucking shotgun. Not the blast, but just the big fucking metal thing that you shoot out of a shotgun. And, uh, you know, we told Richard about it, and he was like, ah, they're just trying to scare us. So he got us bulletproof vests. So we got to wear bulletproof vests and just, like, hang out in a fireworks stand. It's the craziest shit ever. This this is, like, was my, like, this is not happening set story. This is the weirdest fucking thing that's ever happened in my life. Um, And not that I ever did it, but I pitched stuff like this to them, right? So I just mean this is in my back pocket. This is, like, the story I tell at bars and shit. Or I'm like, "You, you know how I got this scar? Like, this is... Some of the weirdest shit I've ever witnessed, right? So we fucking, <laughs> we sold fireworks and then we had to go, you know, put the stock up at the end of it in this big truck and then drive it out to Sealy, Texas, and then put it in Richard's father's house. Richard's father built his own house. It's in the middle of the woods in Sealy, Texas, and it's like his hillbilly dad built it. And uh, it's dilapidated, and it's just like it looks like Jumanji. Like the nature is just taking parts of the house back. There's like fucking trees and shit all up in it, and uh, you know. So we just slept in this dirty room after we unloaded everything. And um, I'm, I'm sorry, it, how does the house fit in, into this? It, it's just a weird part of the story. It's just it's dilapidated and. So we're sleeping in the. There's like one room where he's like, you can still. It's this room's still inhabitable. The rest of it kind of belongs to nature. And I'm sleeping. I, I swear to God, a scuba suit is what I'm using for like a blanket on the ground. It was just weird shit like that. It's not at all like a blanket. It's it was like cushiony, you know. And he was like, I don't know, like go <laughs> lay on that like a yoga mat. And uh, at one point, I go, hey Richard, what if I have to go to the bathroom? Like, where do I go? And he goes, well, it's at the end of the hall. But the thing is, the hall is infested with mostly bees, couple of owls, right? So you, what you want to do is you kick on this big floodlight, and all the bees and shit are going to go outside because they're like attracted to light or something. Uh, oh, but nice. You got to get quick though because the bees are starting to figure this out. This was the weirdest thing a human has ever said to me. <laughs> All this shit happened, right? <laughs> I make it through the night. The next morning, we drive back into town, and uh, I got paid like $200. We were supposed to get paid like $2,000. Like, we got ripped off so fucking hard, you know? And uh, I saw this guy not pay. He just had a young black kid from the neighborhood work for him for one night. He just never paid that kid. Like, this Jesus. sort of shit happened. There's right? a word for you that. You should be lucky. You got $200. <laughs> yeah, right. So, my point being here... What people outside of the business don't understand about <laughs> the fireworks business is that it is barely legal. Like, it is heavily <laughs> just operating on the black market. And most of the sales you make, even as a fireworks salesman, I think, because also because you can't sell them all in that short window legally where you're allowed to sell them through the fucking stand, you just sell them like through guys they're called plugs i think you just unload a bunch of fire, excess product on guys that you know are already like doing drug deals and shit anyway right. selling speakers we save those for the end of the podcast ha 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 i got you 
Hold on, let me see if I can find it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> what you do is you just you know you just unload your product through those guys through like fences or whatever the fuck it's called, and I think what's happening is that because coronavirus scared everyone who was selling fireworks into thinking no one's going to fucking light anything off or at least in any legal capacity, like all the major events got canceled and stuff that they would be selling commercial stuff to everyone who works in this industry is just unloading their product through these guys, through their, their street guys and saying, you know, cause, cause like, fuck it. How do you think people get fireworks like in New York? You know, somebody, somebody has to drive to another state and like, you know, talk to the guy and just pick up a fucking briefcase full of shit or whatever, you know? So, like, I think that they're just telling people, like, if we can get rid of it, sell it for fucking a quarter of the price or whatever. I mean, it's all just gunpowder. Like, it's pretty cheap. There's a markup on it anyway. And that's why people are saying, oh, my God, I'm seeing, like, the good fireworks, like the Macy's Day Parade fireworks get lit off. They must be supplied by the police because why else would people have that shit, right? Well, no, the same logic would dictate that, like, they're just that those same things are just ending up in the hands of people because they can't light them off on, like, on corporate events and shit now. It's an overloaded market. Yeah, that's and that's Dude, why it's uniform crash. across the country, I think, which makes more sense than the federal government is doing, like, a nationwide fireworks thing because the federal government isn't, you know, I mean, what are they working with each and every broken up police force? Like, they, they don't communicate that well, you know? There's no I, way. I mean, it's too good of a plan, and they would not pull it off as well. I mean, if they're giving them, like, military equipment from in Israel, too, uh, you would think, yeah, they can throw in some fireworks. It's not, Like, good fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> are you like allowed to tell us this, border fireworks. I'm, are you allowed to be telling the story? I'm worried that, like, a firecracker is just going to, like, go through <laughs> the window. And what if it. Henry finds you? Yeah. I hear he's 10 feet tall. Yeah, that was Kenny, the intimidator guy. Kenny, he yeah, might. Kenny. Yeah, he built a motorcycle one time and he drove it. He's just like a tall tale friend of mine. Like sometimes I'm like, is yeah. this person even real? He drove. He rode his motorcycle from Texas to like Nova Scotia and he just like slept in like uh, parks and stuff. And I think one time he was sleeping in a baseball diamond and like a bunch of children showed up to play baseball and there was just this giant like red headed like you know red bearded new metal looking guy just like drunk red and like they dug out <laughs> like poking you with can't a stick trust those people yeah with red hair i mean they're naturally insidious yeah i hear they pee weird <laughs> <laughs> so they pee not like how you or i pee i don't know i mean all the blood rushes into our hair and makes it red and then more of it goes into our bladders and inflames them that's how it works Science. That's how it works. You're a firecracker, Anders. You look like a firecracker. Anders, you're a firecracker. I'm popped. Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing poppers, by which I mean fireworks. That is the most informed firework analysis I have heard this election cycle, and so I'm going to have to assume everything you've said is correct. I can't believe this knowledge or experience ever came into... You know when you're like in high school and you're like, I'm never going to use math? Like This is like a moment where I'm like, I, I'm so <laughs> glad that I worked at the fireworks stand and almost got right. killed by a shotgun. It made me the man I am today. 
I always loved how the term is py- pyrotechnic. That's such a great word. One of my top words, racketeering. Is probably, what do you like about it? It's because it's sat before you know that that's a word. It's the pyro, just like a kid who likes lighting things on fire, you know? So, yeah. oh, there's a science behind that. Awesome. Me and my friends used to uh, actually make homemade fireworks. That does like, not surprise me. We would do stuff from under the sink, uh, but also just like get <laughs> make hybrid fireworks, basically. So we'd like yeah. buy them, just like cut them open and mix them together. <laughs> yeah, it's nobody's like, put bleach in a firework before. <laughs> <laughs> it, lo- I mean, it does look cool because I mean, fireworks the way they're made, they're do the pyrotechnics is very intricate. Like, as you make it, you know, go in a specific pattern or whatever. And the ones we would like combine would just like all the colors all together at once. That's pretty cool. Uh, which in a way is more beautiful. That's profound, Anders. Black lives do matter. <laughs> all the colors together at once. Yes. Black cats matter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Fireworks joke. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the other thing that happened this week, I guess, before we get to talking about the election, is. Um, Man, okay, this story, I don't see any reason not to just boost it as hard as possible. I don't want to, like, make too much light of it, but it's just insane. This is just one of the craziest things I've ever read about happening in real time. Uh, and I think there, for a lot of reasons, it's not getting heavily reported on, you know, because the media ain't too uh, chummy, or ain't, ain't, you know, isn't, they don't like, talking bad about the police, you know? Right. We're working against a power structure here. Right. Um, I don't know how else to describe this. Have you ever seen the movie People Under the Stairs? I've heard the band, but not the I've heard the uh, band People the Under the Stairs, and that was it. I didn't need to see the movie. Uh, it's a great movie. It's actually rather a uh, fun leftist sort of horror film, if oh, yeah? there is such a thing. I did an episode with um, the Horror Vanguard about it. It's a Wes oh, Craven nice. film, and it's based on a real story. It's based on it. It's not like entirely true or whatever, but it's about this. Uh, you know, it's about the, the, these two crazy landlords who are modeled after the the Reagans, and oh. they uh, kids wander into their house and they just get sucked into under the stairs and shit, and they just have this weird dungeon in their house and stuff, and they're a plague on their this black neighborhood, right? Come see my monkey. You kids will love him. He does <laughs> tricks. He's right over here by my staircase. Yeah. <laughs> the Reagan guy is just like in a gimp suit the whole time, and he's just chasing <laughs> children around. It's a fucking great also, movie. The, like, the, the, the Mrs. Reagan is there, but she's like not enticing the kids. She's just like, don't do drugs. They're not <laughs> fun. Have some jelly beans. That's the creepiest candy, jelly beans, and he loved them. Yeah, love them. That's sick. Fuck. Wes Craven did a really good job of turning them into horror villains because they are so creepy. Mm. Yeah, and like combined with their you know whiteness and uh, you know them ruling everything and everyone the neighborhood people being portrayed as you know like less creepy and weird than them. It's it's good. It's a good fucking bit. You know, um, and. Spoiler: At the end of the fucking movie, they uh, the, the neighborhood just comes together and it's just like we gotta fucking blow up this house, and then all this money starts flying everywhere. It's fucking badass, right? Qual- 
definitely, if you're bored, you want to watch a horror movie, People Under the Fucking Stairs, it rules. I didn't even give everything away. It's like, fun. Well, it's happening in real life. So in Milwaukee, this thing happened, and I'll link to whatever information I can find about it, because uh, I found out about this just via Twitter, and, like, the only stories I'm reading, you know, from, like, local news and stuff are heavily... They're being really careful with the language about it, but you can see from the direct footage that essentially the story is that a couple of black children went missing in Milwaukee and their parents went to the police and filed like a report, right? And the police did nothing about it, citing some police, you know, lingo, the real technical police jargon for I don't want to do this, which is that they didn't seem to be, quote, critically missing. With the, which what, what? the fuck? Your children are missing, but not critically missing, right? Well, we're looking at here is a standard eight thirty four. These children are tactically missing. There's no <laughs> reason to pursue that at this time. We are sweeping it under the stairs. Under the stairs. So they just basically told them, like, yeah, we don't care. We're not going to do anything about it. And so this mother figured out that her kid has an iPhone and that you can locate an iPhone geographically with the GPS. And so she traced the kid's iPhone to this house, right? And the house is owned by like, I can't remember exactly who the guy is. I think he's like a priest or something. I don't know what the details are, but he's like a local figure and he's long been suspected of running a sex trafficking ring, right? Well, oh, no. they fucking... They get to the house and then they call the police and they're like, my kid is in this house, right? And the police still won't do anything. So the neighborhood just got together and they were just like, we're going to bang on this guy's door and shit and like demand that he comes out. And the people inside the house started firing at them. What? Live ammunition, right? And only then did the police show up. But, and there's video of this, dude. It's crazy. The police showed up and uh, they went inside and they came out with the people and they just put tarps over the people's heads and then got them into like a van and what? disappeared with them, right? What? Yeah, this is fucking really happened. And what? To the protect poli- their privacy or something? I, I don't know. The, so the police are saying that, oh, they didn't find anything in there, right? So then what happened what? is that the people in the neighborhood were like, fuck this, and they broke into the house and they found like a room with a bed that's just covered in blood and like a pair of shorts covered in blood and essentially just broke open what was like like a fucking sex dungeon for trafficking children. Like a true detective dungeon? Yeah, like the the yellow king shit, man. This is happening in Milwaukee right now. Oh my god. And then those people are just gone. Yeah, they just disappeared them in like some kind of red van or something. Like a tarp over their fucking head. So, and there's a video of that? There's a fucking video. They're like, you know, people have phones now and shit. And so they're, you know, running around and they're trying to get to the front of the, the mob and saying, look, 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 like they're taking them away with tarps over their heads and shit. Um, I don't know. This was like happening last night. I don't know wow. what's happened like today. Uh, I mean, that's... Look, there are seasons where weeks happen and there are weeks when <laughs> seasons happen. Seasons of prestige television. Yeah. Milwaukee's the same place. Where did you see this tweet? Uh, it was a couple weeks ago, or decades. I can't tell. Uh, where there's this, 
it was like the Milwaukee Police Department or somebody tweeted out a photo of some officers that were retiring and like these respected uh, servants of the community. And one of the guys is like this cop, fucking old white dude, the mustache was um, yeah. the officer who was like outside Jeffrey Dahmer's uh, house and like a one of his black victims was running from Dahmer and was like, help me, your police, like, help me. This oh, guy's yeah. fucking killing me. And he was like, oh, nah, I, yeah. I don't know. And and Dahmer, like, managed to convince him that it was the like, guy who famously returned the victim back to the serial killer. Yeah, Dahmer would, like, uh, drill holes in the skulls of his victims and try to turn them into zombies by pouring like, Drano into their heads. And just leave them yeah. really foggy, and I think it was—I uh, think it was the, the Asian kid actually that like kind of just escaped. And that cop was the one who like returned this kid to like to Jeffrey Dahmer, and was like, "Your your roommate got away or something." Right. right. What even okay. is, There's that? a hole in his head. Check that out. Yeah. <laughs> Still a cop. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, <laughs> the responsibilities not- of being a roommate are so important. You know, <laughs> it's just somebody you can trust. I mean, not to get like too, you know, tinfoil hat here, but th- these rings, these pedophile rings, have connections to powerful people, and they avoid prosecution because of that. Like that's For sure. been documented. So, yeah. sounds like that's may have been what happened here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it sounded like the guy was, you know, he was a, a, a figure in the community or whatever. And, uh, you know, the same way. He just has, like, a bunch of machine guns in his house and, like, a pedophile basement. Yeah, I guess so. God. This has been a pretty dark for our public episode <laughs> so far. <laughs> I know, man. And, like, I don't want to, you know, I, what do we do here? Comedy podcast. Hey, Halloween is <laughs> coming up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, this is real. Go look into it. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can find the name of the guy. I mean, there's fucking. Well, pictures. you know what else is frightening? <laughs> Primary election season. <laughs> uh, well, it's here, and it's, it's also it's it's over. Oh, because of the uh, long lines where COVID could be uh, spreading. The undue impact of money in our politics. Also frightening. But you Um, know who is really frightened is the Democratic establishment. Yes, they are scared as a boy in a haunted Wisconsin basement. Oh, man. (laughs) Again, weird, it's real. I'll give you that. (laughs) Yeah, even on the delay, it's really good. (laughs) <laughs> that was that was human error delay that time. I was holding too many things. Anders, what were you saying? Uh, I mean, yeah. This well, this is an interesting transition because we are getting yeah we're towards the latter half of the show. We're getting uh, more positive in the, because the news is looking good in a very small way, ultimately, but in a big way for the socialist movement um, in the United States, especially a little in movement. New York State. What's that? We're just a little, we're a fledgling movement, you know? We're just, we're only a few, you know, how what's, how big is DSA these days? Like 40,000 people? 70,000. 70,000? Yep. You know, I just went to the store and I come back, <laughs> they've doubled their numbers. <laughs> Amazing stuff. Yeah. 
and we have like over a hundred elected officials. Um, and that's the thing, you know, in after 2018, a lot of sort of um, milk toast progressives and centrists were like, Justice Democrats, DSA, you guys shat the bed here. You like won, you won like one election. That was AOC. She was a fluke. Um, They're clapping their hands. They're going bravo, but in a way where they don't really mean it. Yeah. Because with the focus, because, you know, first of all, that was our first fucking go, really. Uh, You know, things were just starting to get off the ground in 16, barely. And then 18 was the first real, you know, try and there's been, you know, uh, strategic lessons that we're learning and just making sense of things. And, uh, and now we've, um, I think hit on sort of a, a formula for success. Um, I don't want to jinx anything, but, uh, right. especially cause the results aren't fully in, but things are looking Phone good at for the... Bernie Sanders. <laughs> it's a uh, lock. <laughs> yeah. But at the local level, which is what people ignore, and the state level, we've been doing pretty well. Like our, I don't know the ex- our, our win record is pretty good, um, and that's those are races that the national media ignores, and those are races that the Democratic Party ignores uh, because you know under Obama, uh, as I'm sure many of our listeners remember, the Democratic Party got cleaned at the state level. State houses all over the country swung red. And I, he hasn't owned up to it, you know. Um, so that's something people have been neglecting. And I, you know, wouldn't be surprised if there are liberals and centrists out there who are like, okay, yo, that's cute. You won a few like state senate seats, but th- th- actually, that's where a lot of politics happens, and it's very important. You know, um, you think of Not like mention the politics that happens in the bedroom. <laughs> nice, <laughs> right? That's the most local level um <laughs> another prime get involved <laughs> my girlfriend won her primary last night too she was reelected. very happy about that <laughs> to the, the position of your girlfriend yes <laughs> well, well, nominee. glad she beat her opponent <laughs> yeah. her opponent not having sex with me <laughs> who will win <laughs> I'm imagining you announcing this out loud. I can see that. Speaking of opponents, um, AOC, they tried to primary her with just like this pundit who was also a Latino with three names. Michelle. Yeah, MCC. Michelle was a Caruso Cabrera. Right. Yeah. Um, You know, as I said, uh, her big slogan was AOC is MIA. But turns out that MCC is KIA after last Woo! night. She's a Kia? Anders. Yeah. She's out she's buying a, a brand new Kia because she's not in office. <laughs> oh, is that killed in action? The, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. In action. Anders actually, I mean, that was some really good wordplay. I, th- I think you deserve credit for that one. Thank you. Um, it was, they tried to bizarro Superman AOC. Yeah. <laughs> they tried to make one of her in a lab and then do that one instead. Well, can you imagine how weird it would be if at your job they showed up and were just like, we're going to, there's this guy, his name's like Alan, and he looks a lot like you, and we're just like, how about we just see if he works better, you know? Right. I have been fired several times that way, and it does not feel good. <laughs> He's bringing a <laughs> well, Shelby Alan Plam, he talks far less. <laughs> 
Well, the funny thing about it is, like, in this race, she ran a very anti-AOC campaign. Like, I forget who was pointing this out, but her sign said MCC versus AOC. That's what you would say on her signs. Right. Because I think the assumption was that there's just all this uh, actual resentment in this district for AOC because, again, the thought is that uh, 2018 was a fluke. She didn't actually deserve that. She caught Crowley asleep. Uh, and most people in the district don't want her. And so uh, Carusa Cabrera thought she could tap into that. Uh, but it didn't fucking work because, you know, she is is there. She is actually very involved in her district. Uh, and, it, yeah, it would have been much smarter. She still would have lost, but it would have been a better strategy for her to run, like, on her own merits rather than just a purely. I mean, they would have had better luck doing like a celebrity or some bullshit because if, if your whole argument is, I'm uh, sorry, have you not enjoyed MCC's appearances on CNBC and Bill Maher over the years? There's so many letters happening not, right now. She was on Bill Maher. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah. I'm getting distracted here. Um, <laughs> but it, any primary election, no matter where it is, even, only like, nerds vote in those even right. like the high turnout ones the aoc district turnout i was looking at the results like 16.5 percent or something no one goes there's never one where everybody shows up it's a ridiculous argument yeah right. i was actually kind of amazed that she uh that that mcc lady got like two thousand people to vote for her she got cleaned by aoc i I don't even know what the exact numbers are, are, you know, after everything. But like at the snapshot that I saw, it was like 11K AOC, like 2K MCC or whatever. And that that's even quite a bit, you know, working on the theory she was working on, which is that like everyone here actually hates her or whatever. Right. Yeah. Republicans hate her. <laughs> yeah. Which is why maybe like if you were trying that strategy in a general election, you might have something. But uh, she's also, last time I checked, the most popular politician in America. So I don't think mentioning her that much is a good idea. I guess my thinking with it like that was that, uh, yeah, she's the most popular politician in America. People that probably wouldn't normally vote in a local election and probably didn't even vote for her the first time are going to be like, it's our person, AOC. Like, I'll go to the fucking library and vote for her. It's probably a pretty um, popular thing to do in the Bronx, you know? Right. Yeah, and voting. Yeah. And I mean, if you, yeah, if you're a well-known incumbent, then you are, enjoy some sort of like, you know, inertia just from being elected the last time people are like, yeah, I'll, I'll vote for you again. Uh, but if you are someone like Joe Crowley or Elliot Engel, newly, um, soon to be Ooh, retired. Transition then uh, it's not the case when people don't know who you are, especially if you're like a crusty Caucasian representing a majority minority district. Um, it's actually not that hard to take you out. I mean, it's still a lot of work, but um, that's really, I mean, we, we're still waiting on a lot of results, but uh, I think it is, there's definitive um, numbers that Jamal Bowman has reigned victorious in uh, right, and his- that's the district right next to AOC's district. It's New yeah. York 16, and I am just seeing Elliot Engel for the first time here. Oh. Um, and not to just make any claims or anything, but it 
does seem relevant to be talking about a pedophile house and then see his mustache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I will say I personally am not a fan of his of his politics. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm I'm not on that wing of the Democratic Party. Uh, but it really was a great privilege to be able to work as his graphic designer. Uh, <laughs> a great thing to have on my resume. His fucking Smash Bros. Uh, new fighter has approached ass <laughs> placard cards. Yeah. I, I spent a good, like, ten minutes looking at that account because I really couldn't tell if it was parody or not. It <laughs> yeah. had... That was his his congressional campaign's Twitter account, and it has, like, 500 followers, something like that. And it wasn't even, it's not like it even uh, was just made. It's been around for a while, too. Um, I'm trying to see what month it was made. but Also yeah. relevant, this is one of the few candidates endorsed by uh, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> she, yeah. It's the only endorsement she's made so far was this guy going up against a very popular... Like, it's incredible. She's just, you know, what do they say on the Twitter? Chef's kiss or whatever, you know? Yeah. She, the only thing I know about this guy is he was caught on a hot mic at a Black Lives Matter rally a few weeks ago saying if there wasn't a primary, I wouldn't care. That's the only thing I know. About, yeah, about giving a speech. <laughs> no. About yeah. giving a speech, but yeah. also that does kind of infer yeah, the general bad. situation a right. little bit. <laughs> I mean, I think with Hillary, she genuinely is delusional enough to think that that would have made a huge difference, her endorsement. You know, I, I wonder what she, how she's reacting to it, but I think she genuinely thought, and especially after watching her little documentary on, on Hulu, that uh, she thought that, oh, she weighs in all these people in the Bronx. They love me. Oh, the Bronx, I'm Lady Bronx. The Bronx loves uh, Ilario Clinton, you know? Yeah. <laughs> The heel dog. <laughs> it's um, but you know what? Actually, I figured out what those the art for those endorsements for Chuck Schumer endorses Elliot Engel, fucking Hillary Clinton endorses Elliot Engel. It looks like a bad comedy flyer. Like it's someone just fucking <laughs> the last at the last minute they had to throw something together and just assumed I I I know how to do Photoshop. I'm pretty right. good at it. Put a couple of these like radio microphones on it. And it'll be like, you know, comedian Hillary Clinton featuring Elliot Engel, you know, DJ set from Chuck Schumer, nine they names. Have a Looney Tunes circle with a guy like leaning out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Um, Anders, who, who else won? Uh, Are there well, any big races outside of New York? I know my district um, blew it because we always do. Really? Who in Park Slope? In Park Slope, yeah, I am in the heart of Warren territory in New York City, and we had multiple progressive candidates running, and I was like, oh, no, I'm worried the vote is going to be split between them. Um, and then it turned out that uh, their combined totals were a third of the incumbents, who is a uh, uh, Yvette D. Clark, uh. and she is just... Uh, Apparently, just like openly on the dole, taking money from real estate interests and stuff. But she's also a uh, progressive on paper, you know, woman of color who's been here for like nine years. So iron wall of Democrat protection. Mm, right. I mean, yeah, I think that area of Brooklyn will be a tough nut to crack. But a little further north, Jabari Brisport 
looks to have won again. We don't we won't know the final results for a while, but he looks to have won a uh, state Huge senate race out. against an incumbent, which we love to see. Uh, and he's a guy who Alex and I uh, volunteered for right in 2017 when he was. And this, you know, goes back to what I was talking about earlier with the, you know, the lessons and the strategy and the adjustments, yada, yada. He ran as a green uh, for city council against Lori Cumbo in 2017. Also nominated. It was also at a socialist ballot line, which is cool. We want that eventually. And if you Pretty can do cool, it, huh? if you can pull it off, great, go for it. But most cases where um, a DSA like candidate has a shot are going to be in like heavily democratic strongholds. So yeah, we got to, you know, he ran as a Democrat this time and uh, it looks like he won. Um, Bit of a happy twist. Not all scary stories today. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he's uh, running on a slate. I mean, people probably know about this, but DSA for the many, Uh, I think there are four candidates for assembly and state Senate. And this is, yeah, this is part of the strategy going forward. I think for these state and local races is you get a team, you assemble a team because we're creating our own machine. You know, people say uh, I've seen this sort of skewered a little bit on, you know, the, the Twitter and whatnot about how DSA people will say we're building power by electing uh, officials and they say, oh, that's, you know, they're still um, politicians and they're not accountable. But but no, the, 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 we're building a parallel machine to the machines that exist in places like New York. And that involves getting candidates who are independently funded, getting uh, having them um, and often case often. And this is the case for for these people. Uh, DSA members. They're already members of DSA. They have an ideological commitment and they have their platforms that are shaped by DSA members and they run as a team. It's not all just focused on one race where where they shared fundraising efforts. uh, They shared volunteer base and that's that's how you do it because you got like a big portion of New York City uh, voting together, running in different seats in the same election. And, And I that's the future, really. I think we don't, you know, we don't have the luxury of super PACs and all that shit. Uh, but what we do have is is teamwork. What you know? We're building a machine. What does that machine do? It takes office. It takes power. Eventually, long term goal. It shoots fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all about right. Yes. The you know instead of the uh, state. Will oh run, man. The state will eventually explode in a beautiful. Uh, multicolored blast, firework blast. That's right. Guess what? We will That's have bleach. anarcho-communism. Let me see. Jake, what's happening? <laughs> As the Gundam theme song for "We're Building a Machine." It didn't nice. though. It had to. It didn't work the way I thought it was gonna. But that, but back to that point because <laughs> it's <laughs> people often overlook like the power of these local seats, these state seats. And in a place like Pennsylvania, uh, where Nikhil Saval just won the state Senate race uh, for a Democratic nomination in South Philadelphia, knocked out an incumbent. Um, that's and there are a lot of other uh, positions like this, too, where you actually have a hand in the capital that comes into your district. So instead of giveaways to, you know, Starbucks or whatever, he's going to be 
distributing Starbucks. it to things like affordable housing, social housing, right. uh, Green New Deal type stuff. Um, Whatever like, happened to a normal coffee? <laughs> just drink, just drinking a coffee flavored coffee. Now you're drinking a tampon flavored coffee. Yeah. If you're a yeah, cop. some French name. Come on. <laughs> and that's in our politics now? Get real. Oh, what the fuck? I've never heard this song in English. Yeah, I do not like it. <laughs> I do not care for that. Not one bit. Okay, well we we, right. we have to end this show. What else? What else did we not talk about? <laughs> Kentucky. Um. Yeah. What do you think's happening in Kentucky, man? Well, we're still waiting for the absentee ballots to come in, uh, which I think is going to be really decisive because currently um, uh, McGrath is leading Booker by, I think, six or seven points. Uh, But this is I have a a correspondent on the ground. I was DMing with uh, the Trillbillies, and they tell me that uh, Lexington and Louisville, two of the biggest cities in the state of KY, 75 and 80 percent for Booker uh, in Eastern Kentucky, where they live, is big for him too. He's, he's winning like in most of those counties. Sounds like the incumbent is taking some L's from those L-starting towns. Mitch McConnell is the incumbent, <laughs> and he will be taking an L if I have anything to say about it. And Charles Booker is the nominee. Uh-huh. Uh, but you dog. <laughs> he. I mean, this. I, I was thinking about this the other day. McCon L. What's that? No, the, don't go ahead. <laughs> <Con> <laughs> that didn't work at all. No, what was it? <laughs> no. Connell? I thought I had a joke, but I don't. Like Conair? Like McCon L. Take the L. Oh, McCon L. I see. Yeah, no. Oh. Let's let's McCon move past this joke. It did not Spanish work. For with with he. <laughs> El with McCon. The? Huh? Yeah. Or the. There you go. Um, but I was looking about this the other day because Amy McGrath has been uh, groomed, if you will, to be the candidate there. You know, the SCC. I won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe not the right choice of words. I'm not groomed. Um, you you know, said it. We're all living with it. Fine. She was groomed. Um, she, yeah, willingly. She was into it. Uh, but she. <laughs> Just move on. Right? <laughs> Moving on. No, but yeah, so she was set up somehow to be like the, it was weird. I even knew liberals that were like, Amy McGrath's going to be the, you know, the person. And she's, right. what is she, like a Trump Democrat? She is a fighter pilot. Um, and she was. Hold on, let me play the Neon Genesis theme again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. So she, she ran for Congress in 2018 and lost. Right. Which is a template that Democrats love. You know, uh, the liberals love to see like, oh, she, she, you know, she didn't win, but she did do a lot better uh, than most Democrats do. So they love losing. Yeah. Let's make her the Senate person eating dirt. Oh, she's like Beto. (laughs) Right. Yes. So she's similar to Beto in that sense. But in the other sense, she's not similar to him in that she's not this sort of like red state, but broadly progressive at least rhetorically you know because someone like beto would say we need less foreign wars whoa he said that we need universal health care 
you actually said that, but then you try to he get said, him on the fuck details. Fuck guns. <laughs> right. Remember but then you that? try to actually nail him down <laughs> on the on the details. I freaking had it with guns. He <laughs> what yeah, what does he have to say about fireworks? I mean should we do a buyback program, Beto, where you get some some fireworks from Jake's old stand? We had fireworks a buyback are program. cousins of guns, and therefore <laughs> they can frick off. <laughs> but so he yeah, broadly speaking, sounds progressive, right? But his actual policies, especially when he ran for president, not quite the case. Um, but it, it's a perfect like sort of chemistry for a place like Texas, where you can just galvanize um, Democratic voters who often like stay home because they don't feel you know inspired. Um, but you can also keep the establishment on your side too because you're not actually going to go all the way left, right? So you're squaring that circle. Instead, in Kentucky, you have Amy McGrath who just tried to go all the way right. So she, from the jump, alienated the Democratic base by saying that she would have voted for Kavanaugh, for fuck's sake. Um, And so instead of, you know, a Beto or a Pete Buttigieg or or I'm running an ice camp in my house. Right. Instead of someone like that, they nominated a Trump Democrat and it it did not go according to plan. I mean, she might still eke it out, but um, if but there's a good chance that they'll get the hard left, and that's the thing I'm looking forward to seeing is what people like Stacey Abrams, for crying out loud, who just like compared Jamal Bowman to Amy McGrath on Come MSNBC. On. I think it was um, what they're going to say if Charles Booker gets the nomination. You know. I don't think he's going to get support from the National Democratic Party. They're going to, like, take the race for granted. I don't know if that'll matter because things like the Sunrise Movement have been volunteering like crazy uh, for candidates like him. Um, But if he comes really close to beating McConnell, it'll be interesting to see. And I, you know, have a prediction about how this will go down. I, uh, I don't think this will happen, but it, I mean, will uh, the same people who are like, oh, Stacey Abrams, uh, Andrew Gillum, they came so close in their races. Uh, why don't we run him for president? Why don't we consider him for vice president? They're, they're heroes, you know? Is he going to be glorified in the same way as them, as as the, you know, sort of progressive-sounding moderates? Is, oh, what is your prediction here? I'm, I'm saying that... Uh, he will not. Yeah, well, not, no. by, not by the same people. By us, maybe, you know. Right. Uh, but the, the, the people with no change. ability to make these decisions. Right. <laughs> yeah, but we do have, you know, the ability to hopefully, in a, if a few years, um, you know, I don't want to get too um, high on electoralism, but in a few years, the way things are going, this DSA groups like that are going to be more, uh, be bigger players. Um, and so someone like Charles Booker is huge, right? If he is, he, if he's able to win, that's, that's a big deal. You're looking forward, looking to future presidential races, right? Because the things, the thing that has tripped up the two Sanders campaigns have been, has been the, um, uh, older black vote in the South. Right. And of course that's, oversimplifying it there's a ton of people who don't vote whatsoever and the 
the ultimate mission is reaching out to them. But in order to win these primaries at the presidential level, you need someone who's able to connect with that constituency better than Bernie did. And, you know, he's a black guy from Kentucky. Um, you know, he, he he would have. I'm getting so ahead of myself here. You're, uh, you're like way. Like, I know. Tunnel I'm vision so excited. on the Bernie campaign. I don't think any any of like any of this race will affect that specific problem. But it is exciting but either way. Don't, and I but, get, I see you under the sink of electoralism, mixing all the mixing all the <laughs> bottles together to make your firework. And I just want to leave you alone and let it go off. Thank you, because we need a back bench. That's the thing is after Bernie, there's no there's like Tammy Baldwin. That's it. We don't have another president, a clear uh, successor to run in a presidential election. And it could be Charles Booker. That's all I'm saying. Charles Booker. Interesting. Yeah, it's an exciting time. It's like watching a kid on Christmas over here. He also seems to just be working against good old fashioned voter suppression, given that they shut down like 90 percent of the polling places and then disgusting yeah, yeah they just people were banging on the fucking windows to try to go vote and they're telling them to go home right this is you know i do hope that we see more of voting by mail in the future though if not taking the logical 2020 step and going to an app you know because we have an app to not go to the post office but they i do? want an app not to go to the electoral office i'm talking about stamps.com for voting y'all not to go to the Ooh. vote office not to go to the vote office do you hate the vote office <laughs> yeah. going up there they make you go in your private booth oh i forgot stamps you got to go back and get the form you have grocery stores that are open you know seven days a week, right, for you know, several hours. Uh, we haven't cut back on grocery stores. We haven't really cut back on, you know, other essential businesses. Why are we cutting back on polling locations, you know? Yeah. Shouldn't we have more that are open so that not, ev- not everyone is uh, compressed in the same building? We haven't Six cut back on... in one building? We haven't cut back on evil Yellow King-style child sex trafficking haunted houses right. why don't we just let people vote in there you <laughs> know open. while they're doing various satanic rituals with the members of the local clergy and uh you know fleeing into a van underneath a tarp you go you go to the house and you're like i'm here to vote and they're like all right pass the blood-soaked bed and it's over here uh i feel uh, like we'll help you michelle's like i have never done this before what's your name (laughs) oh i can't find any of the names this will take forever yeah and then you get a sticker i I feel like that's gonna wind up in a trump press conference (laughs) like he's gonna hear that through the grapevine somehow like folks they're voting in haunted houses in milwaukee that's what they want to do you want to open up more locations you're gonna be next to pedophiles and skulls you're next to skulls you next to skulls. They're in our heads. <laughs> Trump talking about skulls. That's fun. Have you seen these things? You see I'm sorry. Go. No, that was it. it was just have you, you seen see a dancing head. skeleton? He takes it off. He puts it back on. It's like a hat. It's like a hat to him. Yeah. Everyone's clapping at the rally. Yes. Yeah. His, his rib cage is like a xylophone. <laughs> um well I'm trying to think of uh oh how about this warlock her up <laughs> whoa 
Nice. I'm yeah. leaving. I don't care if the show's over. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, Costanza style. Leave on a high note. <laughs> Just for the listener, Alex stood up and walked off. Yeah. I think he's taking a pee break. Is he really gone? It looks like it. <laughs> <laughs> well. Was he taken? Well, yeah. He got disappeared. Alex, get under the bed. They're going to take you. After you get under the bed, that never made any sense in that movie to me. All right, well, I think we should probably wrap up here. Uh, what a terrifying week in the news. Fireworks, conspiracy theories, uh, depressing as shit, mob justice, street justice, I'd say, against uh, the worst shit on earth, and maybe we win some elections. That's pretty cool. Right. We could very well be rearranging the deck chairs on the, the old Titanic, but um, it's, you know, we got to do it. We got to try. Um, if I could just shout out a, and I, some listeners are going to hate that I'm doing this, but I have to because I have a burning hatred, a hell like hatred for John Hickenlooper, who is running for Senate in uh, Colorado. Uh, against a guy who is someone who we're going to see more of in the future. And I'm, I'm trying to get ahead of this because we will see politi- like conventional politicians who figure out that the only way they're going to get into office is by aligning with the left. That left is what's movements. happening, isn't it? Grassroots movements, yes. Uh, Andrew Romanoff is uh, running against Hickenlooper. He's a good guy. He has an issue, though, with laughing. This is a note in case he's listening. I watched one of the debates with him, and he will laugh in inappropriate situations. Like, he'll be talking about, like, you know, police violence has been going on for too long. Well, you know, he is also big on mental health. So maybe that's maybe he has the Joker disease from Joaquin Phoenix Joker. But he watched the movie and understood the message of the film, which is... We have to undo what Reagan did to mental health services in this country, which caused the Joaquin Phoenix Joker to exist because he couldn't get his medicine because he doesn't have you know proper resources for someone like Arthur Fleck. There you go. Yeah, I went to pee. And maybe I'm it'll back. be a maybe. We're, we're talking about how uh, Andrew Romanoff, um, Colorado Senate candidate, has a. It, a thing where he, he laughs. has the Joker disease. Yes, and uh, Jake is saying that maybe this will be uh, a benefit to him. Maybe that will get you know some of that Colorado um, Aurora appeal. Oh no! Yeah, maybe you'll get some of that white male <laughs> oh, rage I've oh, been hearing no. so much about. This right. is a dark episode. That's probably the darkest joke on this entire show, and you just said it like it was nothing. <laughs> um, I actually, I'm glad you brought him up because I do want to kind of make an appeal to anyone who hasn't voted yet in Denver. Um, I, if anything, I, I do think that Andrew's assessment of Romanoff is correct, which is, you know, conventional sort of uh, Democrat testing the water and seeing that, you know, appealing to these left sort of politics are uh, a good call, viable, can, you know, we can sort of work together and synthesize here over this. And, you know, if you're some crazy fucking, you know, I don't even vote anarchist or whatever, 
uh, and your burnout electoralism or whatever. At the very least, I mean, come on, he's running against fucking John Hickenlooper, and John Hickenlooper has been horrible for Colorado. Everybody fucking knows it. He's the fracking guy. He didn't even want you guys to be able to smoke weed because he was a craft beer guy. And, um, you know, fucking Elizabeth Warren just came in and endorsed Hickenlooper. Right. What? You guys got... Speaking of the goddamn Joker, right? We all remember that right. whole fun week on the internet where Elizabeth yeah, Warren was is. the Joker. Jeez, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to dwell on this too hard because, like, who cares? But, like, God, did that woman take everyone for a fucking ride. I mean, why wouldn't she not endorse Andrew Romanoff? I have a theory about this. I think it's because she's trying. She She's still in the veep stakes, and she thinks by doing this, she'll show the Biden campaign that she can play ball. You know, How could she realistically with, think she's like in the running for that? I Isn't mean, she a professional politician? Like she's not going to get it. She's white. It's she's delusional. White. It's They're been, very clearly not going to get her. And not only is she white, she's not very popular. Also, her only appeal was going to be that she would like unite the left wing of the party with Biden. But if she's not acting like the left wing of the party, no one's going to. That doesn't mean fucking make any sense mathematically. She wants the vice presidency. She, th- you know, she's still holding on I'm, to uh, winging a prayer that she'll. I'm get getting it. so mad. <laughs> I'm just getting so mad just thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. It also, it's not a it w- because of things like this. She would not be uniting the party because the left doesn't trust her anymore. Uh, this arrangement thinks, of the deck chairs makes me furious. <laughs> right. Elizabeth yeah, Warren is will, like. I think this will. Th- She'll, this will help her get the nod. And like it, it looks like her strategy is to like for every Charles Booker she endorses, she has to endorse a John Hickenlooper. Like she's trying to just be smack dab in the center of the Democratic Party. Yeah. She's, Infuriating. She's betting on black um, and red. You know, <laughs> she's going to lose all her money anyway, somehow. Incredible. All right. There's a joke to be made about, you know what? Never I see mind. where you're going, and let's just keep... I'm just going to play some more anime music, and then I'm we'll... Check. Just play something. Play, distract the audience. This is just okay. turning into morning radio. All right. Well, listen, I got to get the fuck out of here. That's been the news this week. Vote for Andrew Romanoff if you're in Colorado. I know we have, like, a lot of Colorado listeners. For some reason, I have... I know we have some fucking listeners in Puerto Rico, too, after sending out merch. We got listeners all over the place, but I always do really well in Colorado, and so it's occurred to me, maybe we can swing one or two votes by oh, hammering yeah. this home, because that is an important This race. is one Romanoff the communists should support. <laughs> <laughs> and do so, if you have, like, a half hour or so, just 20 calls. It's very easy. That's what, you know, I, I do every now and again. Uh, it's a lot easier than you think. Sunrise moving this phone banking for him. Um, we got to beat Hick. Put put down the Roman candles for a second and have a real Roman off. <laughs> <laughs> pick it. Pick up the phone and call those. Pick up the f- phone and candle, and put that shit in your ear. And yeah, that's some good. That's some <laughs> Fourth of July right there. <laughs> All right. Boom. <laughs> well, uh, let's get the fuck out of here. Um, plugs. Uh, listen to Why You Mad, my other podcast. Um, vote for Andrew Romanoff in Colorado. Um, 
I don't know. We have merch still for sale. Hey, I also I appreciate everyone that, that bought merch. Um, I, I'm gonna figure something out. I'm gonna hook everyone up because we the cost of making shit because of coronavirus was kind of high, but I think it's gonna go back down. So I think I'm gonna be able to lower the prices on bandanas. But if you bought them the first time around, hit me up. We'll, we'll figure something out. I want to make sure everyone's taken care of and stuff. Um, but yeah, everything's sent out. I think people are getting them right now. So if you got your shit, um, enjoy it, please. Post your wonderful bandanas. We love to see them. Yes. In that accent, we love to see them. Uh, yes. At Anders Lee here on Twitter, Dursley1 on Instagram, and have a have a happy Halloween. Have fun out there. Be safe. Yeah. <laughs> Be safe. Gangs use it as a as a day of ritual. <laughs> this Halloween. Look out. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Patak Jokes and listen to Ballin' Out Super, the other podcast I do, and that's it. All right. Well, play us out the ending of Cowboy Bebop, a song. No, not the beginning. <laughs> ending song. Oh God, he can't find it. <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 it's coming. Oh no, an ad. All right, fuck this. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> Play us out, Liberty Mutual. Damn it. Oh, man. <laughs> Another ad. They're really fucking us here. All right, the podcast is over. Just imagine it. It's in your head. <laughs> That's so bad. This sucks. That's so funny. <laughs>